This is the K-Pop Cast, and in this episode we talk about Jungkook smoking, 50-50s continued legal battle, Blackpink facing a fierce French critique, and the Netflix show Risque Business Taiwan. We also get into art song choices. We talk about Hwasa's I Love My Body, Eric Nam entering into his weekend Weekend era. era. Wanna be 80s era. Oh, and we talk about, oh my gosh, at length, uh, Street Woman Fighter Season 2. Yeah, Red Lick taking licks. And now for some hit replays. Mm-hmm. Hi, everyone. I'm Virginia Dwan, also known as the Mandarin Mama. Hi, I'm Peter Lowe, aka DJ Peter Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> and hello everybody, this is your PD and Michaela, and hit replays are what we call K-pop songs you should totally check out each week. So kick us off, Peter, what is your hit replay for this week? Alright, so my hit replay was the Make and Trainer Body Positivity song by Hwasa, <laughs> aka Love My Bo- I Love My Body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so if you didn't know, Hwasa is a South Korean singer and rapper newly signed with P-Nation. She signed contract on stage. <laughs> I forget totally. at which performance, but it was a big episode. You know, she's trying to make a big deal out of it, or P-Nation was. And she is also a member of the girl group Mamamoo, where she uh, made her debut in 2014. Among other group activities, Hwasa did solo work in 2019 with her really catchy song, uh, Twit. Um, And then the following year, she did Maria. And then she also did that song, um, I'm a Bee, which was really good. Like all three of those are like super catchy songs. And uh, she received Artist of the Year in 2019 at the Golden Disc Awards and Song of the Year at the 2020 Asian Pop Music Awards. Yeah, All right, argu- so arguably oh, the yeah. most successful soloist out of them. <laughs> yeah, well, she's had the, the most catchy songs, mm-hmm. if I could say so. Um, so her title track, I Love My Body, this is from the release, encourages listeners to embrace every part of themselves, both the beautiful and the strange parts. It touches upon how critical society can be about physical appearances and how we are expected to meet those expectations in order to be considered, quote-unquote, beautiful in their eyes. The song, however, celebrates all ages and looks and wants everyone to love themselves for who they truly are. Not a cliché... <laughs> girl crush empowerment concept at all mm-hmm. um no it very is cliche but i i i, I dig it um I, hwasa herself she's known i guess for um giving this like mini speech at concerts and things about how she herself um is not the korean uh view of beauty and mm-hmm. like as her like uh revenge story she said well i will redefine what the new beauty standard is and make it my own like make it me right um and uh, i you know i'm I'm totally for hwasa and her awesome hips um so (laughs) yeah quoting her from the release she says it's been a very long time it seems like i cannot even remember what thoughts have been blocking me until now one thing is certain i am truly happy and thankful um commenting on the solo comeback after two years i guess Mm mm-hmm um, yeah, so it's, it's a good song. Uh, I, I guess, sorry, maybe I'll, I'll stop talking, let you guys reflect. But one, one last thing I, I would say is uh, the dancer, uh, I'm going to mispronounce her name, Hyewon Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed she's been in a lot of Hwasa's solo tracks. And she's actually a dancer I've been following just for seeing her with other K-pop acts and idols. And a Apparently, if I'm reading her Instagram correctly, she was a co-director or choreographer um, for this music video and the, mm-hmm. and the, or, or this uh, the song choreography. Um, I would have liked to have seen more diverse body types given the theme mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of the song. Is it still Korea? It's, yeah, it's still Korea. <laughs> yeah, it's still Korea. 
Yeah, and we had some good discussion in our Slack. Um, everyone on the K-pop cast Slack was talking about how it is very much a making trainer song. Um, and, but still yeah. going back to the original like Mamamoo duopi sound that a she duop, originally yes. de- debuted with. So even though we like we compared to making trainer, it's still actually comparing it to what Hwasa has done before. Right, and Mamamoo, right? Oh yeah, so, Hwasa and so that, that's what. Um, who was it in the Slack? Like uh, their debut song, Jim. right? Mr. Yeah, yeah, Mister Ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, and that—that's what DJ John and Joe Dorsey were, were both saying in in the Slack. And they came out. Um, they debuted making Trina and Mama Moo uh, within a week of each other. Oh, so it, that's when Duop was in vogue, I guess. That was such an Asian in the pop scene. Yeah, yeah. I love the what is it. What it's a baritone? No, what what brass instrument? But like you know the 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 really low end brass instrument that you're always getting Tuba? to do up trombone. No, not 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 that low. Um, more. It's like the lower end saxophone. Oh, like a, a berry sax, a baritone. Berry sax, sax yeah, baritone sax. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. More Shout out that. to my baritone sax players. Yeah. I was one of them in high school. <laughs> oh, hey girl. Okay. Yeah. So you relate to this song? Michaela, I I mean yes, you know as somebody I I you know I love a good like feel good make you feel good kind of song even though it is cliche like we said she for Korean standards has always been criticized for being thicker than average especially when it comes to the the idol standard mm-hmm. so it, even though it is cliche it's still something that like you you feel an emotional connection when Pasa singing it yeah. And Virginia, what's your hit replay? Okay, so my hit replay is really new. Um, it's Sink or Swim by Eric Nam. Uh, it's the sixth track on his newest album, which dropped today. It's, the album is called House on a Hill. And uh, it, I really, really like Sink or Swim. It reminds me of the 80s and like the weekend, but not problematic. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's totally danceable and like repeatable. And I just really enjoy it. So here's some wiki facts about uh, Eric Nam, in case you don't know who he is. He's a 34-year-old Atlanta-born American singer-songwriter actor uh, based primarily in South Korea. He used to host like after-school special uh, with Jamie and Kevin. Um, and he is an independent artist, runs uh, Dive Studios, or I think his younger brother Brian does. Um, yeah. It's like, and, it's like a whole family thing. Yeah, and his, his middle brother... Well, his younger, his first younger brother, Eddie, <laughs> is his manager. So he's, I guess, Eric's the face of Dive Studios. So he has several podcasts with them. Um, and Dive Studios is a pretty, pretty popular podcast forum now, I guess. For yeah, of- well, you know, we, we've had Teresa on the show before, who was the one behind the scenes <laughs> oh, yeah. on Dive point. Studios. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. Um, and I guess the reason why it's a hit replay is it's just, uh, yeah, I feel like Eric really excels at like indie pop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes, like, mm-hmm. And it's just, it just embodies what I love about indie pop, right? It's like, it's very on brand. It's very like, I mean, is it anything remarkably breaking music? <laughs> no. <laughs> um but it's just really well done. It's a good song. Um, and it's just sad enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, um, you yeah, know, I, I get you. I get you. Yeah. Like if something's too happy, then it's like treacly and you're like, oh, dude, just go away. <laughs> That's the type of person I am. Um, but this one's like happy, but sad. <laughs> and, you know, if I paid attention to the lyrics more, I would know what the song's about, but I do not. And I did not for the song yet. <laughs> so I, I apologize. I, I, but I'm really glad you brought this one up. I, I really, really like this song. Um, 
and I think exactly for the reasons you described, like, it, <laughs> you know, it's like the, the eighties. Um, oh my God. What, what's the genre called? Like Jackson Wang also did it. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, like you're driving late at night. Mm-hmm. Vibe, like synth. Synth, synth is in the, no, it's not synth pop, but synth is somewhere in the word. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, it's it's going to, hit me after we finish recording but i wish they uh made a music video for this song like this is a song ripe for like that visual colorful atmospheric let's pretend we're in the 80s while driving (laughs) music video concept yeah i think we need more of that from eric numb yes yes we do okay pd nim your turn What's your hit replay? Yeah, so wrapping up this section and moving straight into our how you things with with this replay, guys. So my hit replay is the original song for the sub leader class mission from Street Woman Fighter season two. It's Crush, click like featuring Paul Blanco. So we've talked about Crush before on the show. We don't really need to get into him. He's Joy Wait, Boyfriend. What, what, what is He's Crush's a- uh, producer tag in his songs? What does he say in the beginning? He's just Crush. I don't, I don't, oh, I don't okay. Never mind. Tag. Never mind. Okay. I'm, does I'm does he have a tag? Do you know one? I thought it was like Crush or like probably Cray or something like that. So it's like usually they're like I'm per- maybe I'm getting mixed up with a different producer gr- tag. I think you're thinking of Gray. It's oh Gray. Yeah, you're right. I'm getting mixed up with Gray. Oh, that's really bad. Okay, no, I'm okay. sorry. But yeah, no, Crush, talked about him before, uh, main points, he's uh, Joy from Red Velvet's boyfriend, he owns a very cute dog that doesn't like anybody but him, uh, and he's just one of the top R&B artist-producers in Korea, like, that's really him. Wait, wait, name, name off some other, like, songs that maybe people, listeners would recognize. The J-Hope collab. The J-Hope collab, the Fancy Child collab, the... <laughs> He's on uh, a lot my, of OSTs, right? A lot of OSTs. Oh, it's beautiful is one of the, the biggest OST that he did from the, the drama Guardian or Dokebi. Mm-hmm. He sings that at everybody's wedding. <laughs> all, all the celebrities like ask him to come see that, sing that at their wedding receptions. Um, but we're not here to talk about Crush, really, because again, we will oh, talk sorry. about it yes. Paul Blanco, though, is the person that I really want to talk about on this song because... You know, first of all, he's a 25 year old Korean Canadian rapper producer under Ambition Music, um, which is was originally established as like a sub label under Alienaire Records. Um, but after Alienaire kind of got defunct, it's kind of its own thing now. Um, one of the major artists that drive that label is like Changmo and Hashwan. They're again really big, established artists in the Korean hip hop scene. But it's been really interesting to watch Paul Blanco's growth over the past three years. So mm-hmm. like the first thing I heard him one was this collaboration album that he did with Changmo back in 2020. And so it was so interesting to see him like do this collaboration album with again this really big figure in the Korean hip hop scene and then go on to do a bunch of collaborations and features and then with other big uh, Korean hip hop artist, and then do Gold Dust on NCT 127's album, and then this year do a feature on RM's Indigo solo debut. What was it? Um, oh, I oh forget it what was, the, was. The, the one with the the other woman, not the other woman, but yeah, Mahalia. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, but anyway, and then now to do this song with Crush on one of like one again, one of the most trendiest Korean TV shows this year. Like, so it's just been crazy to see the exponential growth that he has had as an artist, because one, I really love the the like the the tone and the timbre of his voice. Like, I don't know. I don't know, like a better way to say this, but in my mind, he his. 
he has the voice that I think RM thinks he has. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh huh. Like they have very again, they have very similar uh, tones, but uh, mm-hmm. he is uh, you know objectively a, a more stronger singer than RM being a, like actual vocalist. <laughs> He's really smooth. Yeah, more and more smooth, and and. Uh, a lot of the the music that he does is acoustic and just like kind of the stuff that you want to play like while you're by a pool kind of vibe but this song is my hit replay again mostly because I, I i love crush i love paul blanco but because it's connected again to this show street woman fighter mm-hmm. it, it, which again wrapping up this section if, unless you guys have any other comments about the song because I, I really just want to get to talking about this no show. I, I well by the way it's closer I think as we the song you yeah, guys were closer. referencing earlier. Oh, yeah. yeah that's what it is yeah, closer yeah, featuring yeah. Mahalia and Pablo but uh no no I, I also want to talk about the show so let's let's do it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so street woman fighter guys like I have recently become obsessed with this show I mean I was we were kind of interested in the the first season um, and then the the spinoff Street Man Fighter, but because again this isn't available and to to stream anywhere illegally, like I wasn't that interested. But this season has just like brought it to a new level by bringing in these foreign dance crews and bringing in like turning the the drama up to like two hundred percent. Oh, that's what I'm seeing on my timeline. Yes, that is what you're seeing on your timeline is clips from this show because. First of all, again, Mnet, they're ed- known for their evil editing. They have very clearly cast the villains of this show. Specifically, <laughs> related to this song, I want to talk about Redlick because she is a member from the crew Manic Queen. And from the very beginning, Jam Republic, which is the, I guess, artist, international artist collective dance crew or is like the representative like foreign crew with a bunch of different artists from varying countries like it from the very beginning they have been like rivals this whole season and very specifically Latrice from Jan Republic and Redlick have been just going at it this whole season with Redlick specifically getting most of the heat being the villain because her of her comments towards Latrice like what well, it's hard because there was a very specific clip that's been going around social media of them doing a one-on-one battle. And at the end, Redlick, you know, Latrice wins. And Redlick has this comment about the only reason why she's winning is because of her physique. Like she has this p- physique that I can't compete with her being a black woman me as a Korean woman that I can't I can't compare to. So which what, 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 she, what was she referring to in like quote unquote physique? Like knowing that there's probably something being lost in translation between Korean and English. But what? what? Well, she she's actually said that like the Kong was like physical. Like she just referred to her physical. But it's the 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 microaggression subtext of like how can I beat this black woman specifically? me as like this this i i don't know korean woman there, it, there's she doesn't in the korean that she says there's no very like specific things that she calls out but it's like a very clear that it, there's ra- racist undertones and everything that she's saying well especially since like a lot of times you know like i mean even in america right like it's people complain about like people police black American bodies, right? Like, or, oh, you, you know what I mean? Like whether, whatever field they're in, right? Like, so it's. What do you mean by that, Virginia? Like by, by policing bodies? Like, so just take tennis, for example, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like you have Serena and Venus Williams and the, throughout their whole career. And then I think the, the younger player that's been in the news lately, I forgot her name. Um, like you know oh their bodies are too manly right like so mm-hmm. or like um or oh because black people are supposed to be more athletic so they're they're more you know what i mean it's all these like racial stereotypes of what people use to justify um black bodies being in certain types of fields or being treated a certain way it plays into like maternal health care why black women mm-hmm. black and brown women 
you know, have higher more like maternal mortality. Yeah. Um, are, are, you know, aren't given proper medical care because there's still this belief that, you know, black women don't feel pain <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Right. So it, it's yeah. all of a part of like villainizing black bodies. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I mean, this, this clip specifically has been going around, but if you watch the actual episode, Mnet completely cut it out. It was only included in the teaser for the the episode before it came out. So they know exactly what they're doing when it comes to the kinds of things that they're throwing out there for the marketing of this show. Oh. And so this this specific clip didn't really make it in, but they still included all these other comments that especially the other Korean uh, dancers said about Latrice, about her her being unprofessional and her choreography only uses her hips. Like there, there's still other <laughs> stuff that they included. Wow. Like maybe they just shouldn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Because like again, <laughs> if you watch the music video for for this this song, click like like Latrice has this amazing dance break that she had to cut short because everybody was complaining they didn't get enough time but she still kills it with the eight count that she has in mm -hmm. heels yeah i i like i so huge caveat i haven't seen the show so like mm -hmm. i i'm kind of hearing this through the grapevine but like so much of k-pop choreography in general is like copying and using like black <laughs> dance and, and choreography to begin with like mm -hmm. <laughs> i i don't know it feels a little bit like this is our like korean saying like this is our dance it's like but did you like see where this like what styles you're copying like mm -hmm. and who are the choreographers for a lot of these different you know k-pop dance point dances and stuff it's like mostly comes from like black you know creatives to begin mm -hmm. with so it just feels really weird uh for these comments around well there there were other clips around like well hey th this song you know didn't work because it didn't take into um didn't take into account the like the lyrical interpretation mm -hmm. of the song yeah or... and that was a big thing too they were calling her like th basically calling her lazy they were like why didn't you take time to to learn understand the, the lyrics, lyrics or understand yeah. the lyrics like do you not care enough about this aren't you desperate like we are but no she she focused on the lyrics like especially the english ones that she could understand but she cared more about the musicality whereas in the other dancers were just doing the, they were just again acting sexy but not necessarily <laughs> in a way that fit the actual song yeah yeah, so like you know, there's this one aspect, and I I definitely agree with it in um in the ballroom world. Like you know, I don't even need to speak the same like verbal mm -hmm. uh, language as people I dance with, but you communicate through dance, mm -hmm. and like you 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 get a lot through the music and the sound as well. Um, and there was this other critique going around like around how like when she was choreographing um i guess her songs like mm -hmm. she didn't do it in an exact uh numeric count for dancers yeah so because them. she won the the one-on-one -on -one battle with red lick she became the main dancer for this performance of like sub leaders that perform this song together and so because if they picked her dance that she choreographed she it was her job to teach it to the other sub leaders in the team but because again she was nervous and maybe it had been her first time again teaching the choreography she you know, was not as confident and like was was stumbling a little bit or at least like that was the editing that they showed of her just like struggling to teach everybody the counts. And then you would have these like talking heads of like she didn't really like explain it very well and it was really hard to understand and like not not just the language barrier, but also just like her expressing the movements. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Virginia. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, I'm not I'm not. I've never watched the show, but is it is it a dance teaching show or is it a dance show? It's, it's a, a dance, dance show. show. These are okay, yeah. so I mean, like just because you're a good dancer doesn't mean you're a good teacher, right? Mm -hmm. Or like yeah. just because you can create moves doesn't mean you're good at. Com I mean, these are like discrete skills, right? Like they're yeah. they're separate, they're related, and it would be nice, but like 
mm-hmm. this point, you're just jealous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> jealous and then just crazy. There's so much crying. Like, there's just cr- so much <laughs> useless crying of, like... And, you know, again, I I love, uh, you know, a show with women being able to express their emotions. But these aren't those kinds of tears. They're the pity me kind of tears oh. that are just mm. annoying. Well, I Flopping. imagine this is already a very stressful, competitive environment. And then for a lot of the dancers, competitors, you're introducing this this uh, quite literally foreign a- aspect and variable hero that they're mm. not used to working with or thinking about or dealing with. That it, it probably raises the stakes for them even more. And, you know, they're probably unfairly lashing out around different things to find a scapegoat for mm-hmm. problems they've got. Yeah, I think it, it's funny. To your point, like Virginia, like, um, you know, being a teacher versus uh, a dancer, when I was looking at these clips of like, well, you know, she's giving the, the lesson or not the lesson, but like imparting the choreography to like a, a group. Um, yeah, like I, as like a ballroom dancer, I definitely hear, prefer getting stuff by the count, like the numeric count. And so I know like, you know, exactly how much time it takes per movement but i've also been to like dance classes where they don't do that yeah and those other in that latter case it requires that you already have like some um baseline dance uh rhythm and vocabulary and expertise <laughs> and i think that's the problem and it points to this like bigger at like uh epistemic like uh issue in in k-pop Mm-hmm. In general, where like you you me- you remember you learn to dance through um, memorized choreography rather than uh, vocabulary rhythm in mm-hmm. um, like you know uh, improvisation. So that's why I think you know often when you see like K-pop d- idols dancing freestyle, it's like they're just you know doing choreography to dances they've done before, or sometimes they accidentally like choreography to the song that is not yet <laughs> out yet because you know that that's, that's all they've got right yeah. and, and and to be fair like a lot of these idols are so young it's like when are they going to have time to learn these like foundational skills when they have to be like this world-class like singer dancer mm-hmm. personality um they've only have so many years of professional experience but yeah sorry I, that, that was just some point i wanted to make but Mikael, was there more that you had to say? <laughs> no, that was it. I mean, again, we're only three episodes into the show. Dude, we're only like three? barely, barely halfway there, and nice. I'm living for the mess. But I, I will. The last point I will just wrap up this this talk about Street Woman Fighter was that at the end of the episode or the beginning of episode three, the the leaders got to choose the worst dancer in there. Oh God! <laughs> and so Latrice gave worst answer to red lick so you know she got back at her for with with and okay. she did it with poise and grace it wasn't like she's the worst the worst dancer that i don't like her it was like you she has been one. combative she hasn't really been working as a team member like she, she straight up called her out and it was glorious i can't oh, believe i scared it. my dog <laughs> <laughs> okay we don't love scaring pets we don't condone that <laughs> Okay, Virginia, it's your turn. So what's your, how you think your hot issue? All right, so um, there's this new show on Netflix. I don't know if it's new, it's new to me, um, called Risque Business. And um, there's oh, two yeah, no, seasons. Oh, this one's new. I mean, the, oh, the show is new, but the, isn't new, but this this specific Taiwan version is new. Okay, okay, okay. So it's Risque Business Taiwan, which is the second season of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Korean talk show on Netflix. Um, and it's hosted by comedian Shin Dong Yup. Yup, Shin Dong Yup. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact: his name is very similar or identical to this very famous Taiwanese um, beef jerky. So everyone, <laughs> <laughs> everyone comments on it every time he introduces himself. I mean, I, yeah. I'm sorry. But how can it's, you not? If you're, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it amuses me greatly. Uh, and then the other host is singer Song Si Kyung. Uh, and they dive into like adult entertainment in the first season was in Japan and this season is in Taiwan. And they meet like people from all sorts of, you know, all sorts of lifestyles uh, to de- demystify taboo experiences. Um, and so I, I started with the Taiwan one because I'm Taiwanese and I spent eight weeks in Taiwan this yeah, summer. Yeah, understandably. 
Uh, and then it was really cool to just like, they did a whole episode um, about the area where I lived for eight oh, weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, at Ximending, which is like a huge like LGBT like Mecca, which mm-hmm. funny enough, I was on the other side of the street. So I never saw any of these things <laughs> other than like rainbows, which was cool. <laughs> um, so Taiwan is probably one of the more um, progressive countries. Yep. It's the only, I think... Asian country that has legalized um, gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was just really cool to kind of see. And then uh, Netflix. Taiwan is also a lot less conservative than a lot of other Asian countries. So it's really kind of cool to see um, two people who are really, really trying very hard to embody the no homo experience <laughs> as they host things. <laughs> You're like, yo, you guys could be a little less like... What, they've got like fragile male masculinity issues. No, or? Th- not like that. They're like, oh, he's really handsome, but like, or like, they'll be like, <laughs> oh, but I didn't mean it like that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's okay, dude. or like, or like, they're in this. There's this a, one a straight episode. guy can tell another straight guy that his booty is fly. Like that. That's you know, right? Or like they're thing. they're in this like underwear shop. <laughs> uh-huh. and, it, and it's like there's zippers in the front for men, and that, that some of them are just like little pockets you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're like super embarrassed and like the thing Sung Si Kyung keeps saying like oh I keep thinking of my mother and how she's she'll like be appalled <laughs> you know or like so they keep they're obviously a little bit nervous yeah um but I just really like uh well first of all it's interesting because it's about sex right and sex is always interesting mm-hmm. um second I because I didn't have to work as hard because you know, a lot of it is in Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I learned vocabulary because why would my parents teach me about sex ever? Mm. Um, but I've of course, sadly promptly forgotten it all. Um, but it was just really cool to see them talk about like um, same sex couples, LGBT laws, see parents that are like super supportive, mm-hmm. you know, um, and like, like who have walked in rallies and parades with their children, you know, um, talk about like how matter of fact people are with like adult videos. And they went to like this Taiwan, Taiwan adult expo or whatever. And like they, it was the things you see, you're like, this is bizarre, (laughs) but it was cool. You know, you're like, they're like fan meetings in a good way. Yeah. Like, like fan meetings, like, just think of an idol fan meeting, but with, you know, an adult video star, right? Like, right, it was, yeah. like, surprisingly wholesome for the, the subject context. matter. And, <laughs> yeah, and, like, there were a lot of women, like, yeah. attendees. So, it's just really cool uh, t- to learn about my people, but also see it from a Korean lens, if that makes sense. Right. I don't know. It makes very little sense to me, but I just thought it was really cool. Do you think, man, I, I feel bad because like this entire K-pop cast episode, I'm like just talking shit on like on Korean <laughs> culture and, and like people. So I just want to acknowledge <laughs> that like, it's Peter. not my intention to do that. Like, Speak your truth. Okay. So acknowledging that um, and that it's not my intention to do that. Virginia, do you think this show is like intended to talk about things that are taboo in like Korean society, but couldn't be talked about if they like filmed it in Korea. Like, you know, that's why they did Japan and Taiwan because it would be too taboo to talk about in Korea. But by talking about an underworld of Korea in a different country, it allows them to broach the topic. I mean, I feel like it's illegal in Korea. (laughs) Oh, well, Um, there you go. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where you um, you can't talk about your culture without talking about somebody else's culture, if that makes sense. Like, uh-huh. It's like language, right? Like you don't see all the unique parts about your language until you're learning someone else's language, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I feel like it's kind of like that. Uh, so I think... It is a way to examine Korean society in the sense of like how they react to things. Like I, I think they were in a sex educator discussion and mm-hmm. they had like 
all these models of penises and like showing and like models of like the vagina and like um like different sizes and like explaining how to do all these things you know and I was actually surprised at how candid (laughs) that the two Korean hosts were Uh you know so I feel like it's a way to introduce topics that they might want to talk about but that they can examine that they can see a different way of being if that makes sense yeah it, it kind of sorry. This may be a contrived like analogy, but you know, um, Alfred Hitchcock in his movie uh, Rear Window, like they had mm-hmm. like the main male protagonist being this disabled guy, so that like the female protagonist could do um, all like the active, you know, plot progressing things. Because culturally in that time, you know, to have like a female do these things would be, <laughs> you know. Uh, taboo but it was like you know Alfred Hitchcock's like sneaky way of doing it like I I wonder if that was like the intention here with like these hosts like let's still talk about you know these things because like you know we should have these discussions but um, you know we can't do it in a strictly within Korea context yeah I mean I hope so I I think the two the like the most moving parts like emotionally resonating parts were actually um, when they talked to the parents of like LGBT families. Mm-hmm. So like a gay couple and then, uh, and then like a lesbian couple and like their parents and how they were supported. And they asked a lot of questions like, Hey, was it weird for you? Did you have family members? You know, it's just, and, and then to see the host say like, Hey, ultimately we want our kids to be happy and like allow them kind of to model Mm-hmm. like a more accepting parenting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. option, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, of course we would just wish like, Hey, just be like this, but mm-hmm. you know, that's not right. Fair <laughs> either, you know? So, or realistic really. But um, it, it builds empathy, right? For, mm-hmm. and, and not mm-hmm. that it needs to be exactly that way, but you know, it lets you to broach a topic in a way that ordinarily, if you were to broach that topic locally, you know, you're, 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 uh, guard might be up or your mm-hmm. visceral reaction might be up and this is a way to sort of like penetrate the topic otherwise yeah and then people might not want their faces shown if it's in Korea right yeah but you really only learn to empathize or like understand another point of view if you see their faces so I feel like it takes a level of bravery and risk mm-hmm. in Korea but if you talk about it in a different country mm-hmm. it's safer you know yeah all right, I'm done. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so my okay. I'll, I'll go next. So my, mine's pretty simple. Um, so my how you thing is um, the K-pop cover dance database, um, aka uh, kpopdances.com. Um, so it's a site. I think it's been up not too long. I want to say maybe a little over a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Basically, it's like the online like archive and repository of like all the recordings, video recordings of kids from around the world um, covering K-pop dances, mm. um, as well as like random dance plays, oh, random so dance cool. games or whatever you call it. Um, and for me as a DJ, like I'm looking at this and like, you know, I've got my sources for like scouting and figuring out what's hot, right? Like, you know, we've, we've talked about Kville before on the show and mm-hmm. um, all these other places. But um, I think another important thing, and I even tag my music this way, is like I tag some of my K-pop songs by like, what's a dancer favorite or what's like popular with the dancers? And so going here, you know, like you can predict just by what's popular in the charts, like, okay, yeah, New Jeans ETA, uh, New Jeans Super Shy, um, uh, AT's Bouncy are predictable, like, you know, songs that you would expect to be popular in the club. But you go here and you can see that, whoa, um, as of this week, um, the K-pop group Kiss of Life and their song Mm -hmm. is actually, like, the number one most covered K-pop dance song right now. And so that's something that's like, okay, if I was to play this in a club, this is a song I should play because it's going to get all the dancers moving, uh, but maybe isn't, you know, the most popular, you know, on an intellectual listening side, but like mm-hmm. popular on a dance side. And, like and that's definitely true. Moving. 
yeah, gets the people moving. I because I had a gig last week, and and that song, "Kiss of Life," was definitely requested a couple of times. So it's like, okay, yeah, this corresponds with what I've been seeing. So I, I just thought it was really interesting. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Daybach or not. So this is a rapid fire. We'll 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 say the thing, and then we go around saying we're Daybach or not on that thing. However, we interpret it. All right. So are you guys Daybach or not on? 17 and New Kids on the Block T's special collaboration. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't put this on him in. Michaela, is this? Yeah, no, it's just the song Dirty Dancing. Uh, it features the members of New Kids on the Block and Joshua, DK, and Dino of 17. Uh, pro- I believe it's produced by Dem Joints, right? I, okay. I so I I like the song. I'm I'm like uh, a lot of other people in the Slack, confused by this generational gap of appearing, <laughs> um, but it, it works for me. Yeah, I'm listening to it now. I like it. I I can get behind this. I'm Daybuck. Yeah, you know it's it's just weird to me because I New Kids on the Block is my first love, <laughs> and <I> love <laughs> um, so it's just it's just bizarre for me. But you know what? People should do what they want. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's this really interesting phenomenon of like, I guess there's been real like research with like a capital R or science with a capital S done around like nostalgia <laughs> for music. And music that you listen to when you're like 15 to 30 are the songs you feel like the most nostalgic feels for. I guess that's like a defining time of your life. So I'm definitely sing for sure as a dj like songs that were popular maybe like you know 10 15 years ago becoming really popular again um we definitely saw that with boy groups like you know in the late 90s early 2000s you a dj would be like dead if they played like backstreet boys or something in the club (laughs) however if you were to play that now you know everyone would sing along right and it's like you know because they had they were the better boy band for music well Okay, sure. But my point being <laughs> that, like, even though uh, I guess the like, kids, like, they, you know, they weren't going to the club back in those days, or even if they did, they don't feel like it. They don't feel, you know, that that desire to move mm-hmm. as they do now, because now it has that nostalgic window and effect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also my theory why K-pop club night gigs are getting so popular now, too, because all the middle school K-pop kids are now 18 and up, so. Oh. Yeah. And why I can play Gen 2 K-pop songs. Nice. Yeah. Okay, sorry, let's move on. Um, new K-pop boy band Rise changes name amid fandom, con- or amid controversy. So their new name is... Um, Brize. So B-R-I-I-Z-E. Changing it from the original fandom name, which they they debuted called Sons. S-U-N-Z. Oh, sorry, I had the other way around. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Right. So they were they were originally uh, Rise and Sons, which one eh, it's it's a eh, K-pop <laughs> name, but the, the implication of again the rising sun and its connection to, to Japanese colonialism, yeah, eh, not the best. So they changed, <laughs> especially for a Korean band. A Korean right. band with like one Japanese member too. Oh, so awesome. it's like oh. oh poor Shotaro. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like I don't think the new fandom name is particularly Debak, but I like mm-hmm. the fact that they changed it. So I say that's Debak. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll be like Virginia say it's Debak for that reason as well. I, I'm not. Why do they have a fandom name already? It's a, they've only been around like barely like two weeks. Like, let's. I I want to go back to the time where we like got to know a fandom and then we named them. Like, I I don't know. Did, is it really that much more profitable to have a fandom name this early in the game? The fandom is is the product, mm-hmm. right? Like I know, but know. like th- this gives fans the time to like be creative. Like I remember when XOLs used to be exotics. Like we would give ourselves names, and we would like it. They, there's there's already like fan collective stuff going on that usually is much better than what the corporate heads at companies can come up with 
Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. Business pressure to to monetize your brand and mm-hmm. your uh, and your. And they can have merch faster, right? Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Um, so where are we? Uh, NCT Universe Last Start announces final seven members who will debut in NCT. So it'll be a thirty member group. <laughs> Uh, 30 members? I thought it was half the no, world's 20, population. 27 <laughs> members is the final count. Oh, 20? So, oh? Yeah. Oh, well, I guess. Because yeah, they okay. lost they lost two. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two, two in to rise, and then they gained seven. Oh. So. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And the rise, the rise members are not part of NCT, but these, these seven dudes are. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I mean, at some point... Mark Lee needs a break. <laughs> Doing the so heavy I lifting for the rest of the band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. Um, yeah, sure. Daybok, like we can stop adding perpetually more members to yes, NCT. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's the Daybok part. <laughs> I'm I'm always Daybok of new NCT members. More, more boys, more music, more NCT. But like, why not more groups? <laughs> yeah, it was a really weird way to try to attempt to scale internationally, and I it did not. It kind of scale, did it? Yeah, I mean, with Wavy, but that's a totally NCT different name. I know, it, like they they didn't really keep to the theme, but it still worked. Well, Wavy works because they're because they're hilarious. <laughs> okay, moving on. 50-50 updates. Uh, so court denies 50-50's request to suspend exclusive contracts with their agency. Oh, man, I am a super tricks. dark place on that. I am not on that. Not Debug. Yeah. Not. Big old not. And on that line, Attract announces new K-pop group, new K-pop girl group amid the legal battle. So that's the 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 label of fifty fifty. Not. Yeah, yeah it's not. It's clearly, hey, we can control these girls. Why don't we just make a group with them? Yeah. And use this publicity that we're getting right now while we have it. <sighs> yeah, super dark place on that. I'm also not. <gasps> okay, moving on. Are we all not on this, right? Yeah, yeah, n- yes. not, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. you, your your item, Michaela. Yes, happy some happy news, some happy news. So Gongwon Sonyo, uh, have reunited for their fifth anniversary they had this cute cafe event um this is notable because earlier in the year we found out that their company was actually a paper company um and they were trying to again sue their label for neglect and all the horrible treatment that they had um which they actually were able to do it they 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 won their lawsuit and so they got together for their fifth anniversary with fans at this cafe. And it was really sweet to see everybody together. And I just hope for the best for them in the future. So this is, this is a big old day box for me because I love my park girls. Yay. Day box too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Things not being paper companies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you guys day box or not? on Stray Kids is Bang Chan saying he's not allowed to continue his live stream series. Not. It's a big old nut because there have been so many like memes from their their his- or historic events have happened in Bong Chan's live streams. But I heard well, that he said that it wasn't a company request, but that he has chosen to stop himself. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of believe, considering like there have been a few things that he said that he's gotten in trouble for and made apologies for. But I I don't know. I feel like it's more of a company thing. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm not as well. It's funny because like back in 2008, like when social media was really starting to pick up, um, labels were against their idols going on social media because they couldn't control it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we found is that it enabled and promoted parasocial relationships. Yes. Uh, more so what, between the fans and the artists and such that it's become a viable, you know, marketing business growth uh, tactic. So even if it's doctored, like, you know, they, they, they do it or, you know, very controlled. But I, the, the value of social media was to present like your more um, a genuine personality and, you know, identity 
and relate with with uh, your fans. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm not because we're, we're moving that avenue. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in this generation of like the TikTok trainee in this, like yeah. in the sense that they have they are these trainees who are building these fan bases online, even before being in groups. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I like seeing how basic my idols are. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at JK's likes on his TikToks, and I'm like, mm. stay del- stay delusional, right? Like. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I can have there, a little more distance. It's cool. There's a slight element of like, don't meet your hero. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't come at me. I love JK, but we all know he's basic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's move on. Um, mm-hmm. Korea's Directors Guild pitches for marketing rights and back-end pay. Guys, they, they... To the buck. Yes. Especially, like you said, with going back to Netflix, like the, that Taiwan, that was only possible because Netflix has been investing a lot in these Korean creators and mm. we want them to be paid yeah debak yes okay uh so i thought this was a good one to drop in so former member of Mobileland, daisy uh tweeted earlier that um her company spent a lot of money suing for mean comments and that was part of like you know the k-pop business model like your 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 company um makes you like this like indebted Mm-hmm. contract worker not contract worker like but like everything they do to produce you you have to pay them for until so you get to this like break even point in the business so the fact that this business is pinning in all these expenses for things that you don't think are right or strategic is kind of messed up and daisy's pointing that out here i mean they about that she doesn't have to pay for something she doesn't want but like shitty on the company side they should just be paying for that mm-hmm yeah, I, I'm going to say not as well, just, but like, it doesn't make sense that the company should have to be the one to whack a mole negative comments. Like, there should be more, I don't know, robust, like, platform policy mm-hmm. in place to prevent these sort of things. Mm. I see like what I, you mean, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm not, but also obviously not on uh, the company's pursuing frivolous lawsuits and, uh, Pinning that on the idol's time. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have to go in like 10 minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, 10 minutes? What, or, or do you have to go right now? Uh, I can leave in like 10 minutes. Okay, okay. Let, let's power through this last couple here. Or do you want to just skip to Blackpink? Oh, whatever. I think we can go really fast. Okay, are you guys Debak or not on the idol being canceled after one season? Debak. Debak. Yeah, all Debak. The weekend <laughs> super sleaze, even though that was his character. And Jenny's acting was not good on it. And it was just. Okay, you know what? I don't want to talk about more. Um, yeah. Okay. So, Done. are you guys Debak or not on BTS's RM directly uh, addressing the accusations of sharing an Islamophobic song? So, his comments were. Uh, it's for a Frank it. Ocean song, I believe. Right? Yeah, he shared yeah. a Frank Ocean song, which a lot of other K-pop singers have shared, mm-hmm. and then allegedly other fandoms started shit, <laughs> and, as they as they are to do. Yes, and then then our fandom army started posting shit too, right? Like so, mm-hmm. and like very posturey things. I think yep. it's. Not Debak that he had to directly address it, but it is Debak that he did directly address it. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. And so, I, I'm, I'm Debak I'm on, on him responding to this. So, yeah. Okay. Um, are you guys Debak or not on formerly Brave Girls or what is now BB Girls is uh, Yu Jung confirming that she's in a relationship with a popular actor two months after saying that she wasn't? <laughs> Tebak? Not to her lion, but Debak to her relationship. I'm happy for her. <laughs> yeah, I'm Debak to the relationship and, and her just being public with it. And hopefully, you know, people just living with it and mm-hmm. accepting it. Okay. Are you guys Debak or not on Jungkook smoking? <laughs> I think it's There's just Debak. been so much smoking news in, in the headlines today, but can, can you explain a little bit about I have, I have no idea about so, this one. Jungkook is in LA um, and then he went with like, he rolled deep with his entourage 
like three <laughs> SUVs and too many buses to a really popular paparazzi celebrity hangout called Matsuhisa. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, pictures were taken of him smoking out front with his staff friends. And uh, listen, people, do you not know that 33% of South Korean men smoke? <laughs> right. Do you not know that Marlboro, after they were kicked out of the United States from advertising to children, went to Asia? Like, also, Jungkook, please blow smoke in my face. Um, <laughs> oh. So, Tebak. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm, I'm going to be not for the judgmental predictable reasons like hey, hey man you, you shouldn't smoke it's it, like like buck it's like me saying to my k-pop idols hey wear your seatbelt when you drive you know like don't do that it's not like, i don't want to smell him <laughs> but he looks hot yeah uh, but also i'm not unlike all the reasons you described virginia around like smoking commercial enterprises moving to asia and the korean mm-hmm. population smoking like no that's not a good thing no. that's true I'm not on that. Yeah, don't smoke Jungkook. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you care for his health. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's from a positive place. Not not like I'm trying to you're be a bad person, but like, come yeah. on, man. Like, watch out for yourself. Yeah, not just smoking, but Daebak, he's an adult. He can do what he wants. <laughs> yes, that sounds much better than what I said. <laughs> but I, I, I still don't think he should. Okay, moving on. Um, are you guys day black or not on Blackpink's uh, French fierce French uh, critique facing fear uh, facing a fierce French critique? So the uh, French um, publication Le, Le Parisien, um, mm-hmm. like a, you know one of the main dailies, and 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 in France, um, gave like a very mediocre review to their uh, concert there in Paris so um, yeah what do you guys think just not but like what I don't know what to expect from a bougie French publication <laughs> yeah like I'm not cool with racism if it is you know oh if that was like the driving yeah, motivation like, yeah you know whatever superiority complex people have um, but I am tebog to like telling it like it is <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah obviously, no, I, I'm not debuck on on things that are um, just like thinly veiled racism, or but I or you know just like being anti boy groups and girls liking what they want, or that being such a bad thing. Uh, but I am like very pro on editorial independence and not bowing down to like pressures from fandom. Mm-hmm. And also, then maybe don't suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, r- wrap it up. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, are you Daybuck or not, Michaela? Uh, uh, Daybuck for telling it like it is. Okay. All right. Last one. Uh, this is my favorite. So, uh, BB has been making waves recently because she's been seen uh, at a lot of her concerts and performances um, kissing fans. Especially like consensually, I think consensually it, it it seems to be okay. And it's that question mark that I'm like not on this. Like, yeah, it's probably a great experience for those fans, hopefully. <clears throat> but that ambiguity of it is like is a not for me. Oh, ambiguity on it being consensual for the fans. Co- yeah, consensual. Mm-hmm. Also, COVID still around. The, yeah, that too. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It really peeved me for a while. Twice they would like do these like pretend like flirty kissy things and it felt like they were just pandering, mm-hmm. you know, to the fandom. And they were it, doing this to each other or fans? To each other. Oh, okay, that's different. Like, yeah, but I, I feel like there's maybe a similar element at play here. Like BB is trying to create a new signature as a way to sort of like pander or uh, mm-hmm. make news. Oh, the cost is too high, BB. Exactly. So, I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess the more I think about it, I'm not. I was originally going into it, Daybok, but I guess oh, the really? more I'm thinking about it, yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay, we're done? 
Yeah. That's it? Okay. Yeah. Great job, everyone. Good episode. Woo. We'll catch you all next week. Don't forget to follow us in all the places. Where can people follow us online? Virginia, plug your thing. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or... Is it still Twitter? Whatever. Twitter till I die. X. Yeah. Um, and Instagram at the Mandarin Mama, or you can check out my blog at mandarinmama.com. You can follow me on Threads <laughs> and Instagram at DJ Peter Lowe. And I'm at Michaela JK Pop on Twitter, and I'm going to call it Twitter. And you can follow all of us at the K Podcast on those things. Um, okay. Catch you all in the Slack. Bye, everyone. Neck glittered up with some disco, go bullets in my golden pistol.